If I could ask each one of you, if you won the lottery, what would you do? Maybe different things would come to mind. Maybe you could think first off, how generous would you be? Maybe, for my case, I love to travel, so where would I go? What kind of things would you do with such a large amount of money? Winning the lottery brings a lot of guarantees with it. It can make you feel secure, like you don't need to worry about the next paycheck. You don't need to worry about the next emergency that requires a decent amount of funding. It seems like it could be a promise for a better life. The ability to sit back, relax, and maybe never work again. It seems there are few things that can come into our lives that can bring these kind of promises. Short of winning millions of dollars, they can give us this sense of security, of seemingly having this sense of happiness. And that's why Jesus approaching Peter, Andrew, James, and John is all the more miraculous. Four fishermen, they had their jobs, they had their sense of security, they even might have had their sense of identity in what they were doing. Maybe even jobs that brought them a sense of happiness, a sense of self-worth. In other words, these men were living a very safe life. And who could blame them? What could possibly be better than having financial security in a world where there was no welfare? What could be better than having a sedentary lifestyle, a permanent place to call home? What could be better than having a solid identity to know who you are and what you do, to know your place in the world? How could there be anything more appealing in our world? And this is when Jesus shows up. He simply says, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. He doesn't offer them a better job. He doesn't offer them millions of dollars. He doesn't offer them a better place to live. He simply says, come after me. Jesus isn't offering any kind of logical argument in order to try to persuade these men. He just gives them this cryptic promise of becoming fishers of men. He isn't coming to them with a blinding display of glory. He's coming to them as a simple man. And he says, come after me. A lot of things are amazing about this encounter. And perhaps one of the most miraculous things is that they listen to him. They listen to him. They put down their nets and they follow him. Andrew, James, Peter, and John For them, the person of Jesus Christ is compelling enough. When Jesus beckons the four to come after him, he isn't promising them anything other than himself. And that is enough. Meeting Jesus Christ transforms their entire worldview. Everything else, money, security, even their own sense of happiness becomes less important all for the sake of following after Jesus because they know that he can give them something more, something permanent, something lasting, something joyful. More than this, he offers them a chance to become fishers of men, 
to act like the prophets of old who would be responsible for calling the lost people of Israel back to their God. Jesus was calling these four men to be prophets of a new covenant, prophets that would call all those men and women who were lost back to Jesus Christ, to bring them to him so that they could be loved by him. It's important to know why Jesus chose Peter, Andrew, James, and John. It's important to know that he was forming the leaders of his early church, his apostles, those closest to him who would be responsible for leading his church in the world after he ascended into heaven. But I also think that this this event can serve as a model for us, the structure of Jesus calling each one of us to be close to him so that this can apply to our own lives as well. We can all find ourselves deeply committed to various things in our lives, things that are good, our families, our friends, our jobs, our hobbies. We need to ask ourselves, are any of these things keeping me from seeing Jesus, though? Do I put my faith into a corner when it comes to my family and friends? Do I put my faith into a corner when it comes to my job or when it comes to my hobby, thinking, well, I go to Mass on Sunday, that's all I need to do. The rest of the week, I can dedicate it to my family and friends, my job, my hobby, because that one day of the week, that Sunday or Saturday night, I offer it to God. Is this really enough? We need to ask ourselves again, are any of these things keeping me from seeing Jesus? If our faith, if Jesus isn't the center of our existence, of everything we do, everything we think, everything that we are, we risk becoming blind to him when he does show up in our lives, letting him become not a familiar friend, but a stranger. But if we can center everything in our lives around him, if our families become centered on Christ, if our friends become centered on Christ, if our jobs become centered on Christ, if our hobbies, the things we like to do for fun, if those become Christocentric, centered on Christ, this will lead our hearts to not only look to look for an encounter with him, but they will yearn deeply for an encounter with Jesus Christ, to be with him, to be loved by him, to love him in return. Jesus says to each of us, come, come after me. How will we respond? Will we drop everything and follow him? Or will we try to cling to what makes us feel safe and secure? Will we journey with him, calling all that we know who are lost to follow him, to be close to him? Or will we be afraid, afraid of those who are afraid of who we are called to be, afraid to mention the name of Jesus? Let these words burn in our hearts. Let them burn deeply. Come after me. Come after me. He speaks those words directly to each one of us here. He speaks those words to everyone in the world, come after me. All we need to do is listen to him, follow him, drop our nets, and come after him.